Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. One time I went to the Steve Grand concert in San Francisco, and the idea was that a friend of mine and I were actually bringing a third friend for his birthday as a surprise because this friend was like so sexually obsessed with Steve Grand. And what ended up happening was that he didn't know that that's what we were actually doing because it was a surprise. And then he had to bail on us last minute for work. So he didn't even go. And then after the show, like the other friend and I ended up going up to Steve Grand and like asking him if he would make a video for this said friend, wishing him a happy birthday. And Steve actually recorded the fucking video with us and saying happy birthday to the friend and everything. And I was so excited about this celebrity encounter that I went to go tell all the rest of my friends. And really the only response that I got from any other one of my friends was, who's Steve Grand? It was the biggest claim to fame that I've ever had in my life and one that I wish so bad that I could brag about, but honestly, uh, I can't legally. And truth be told, it was probably about 10 years ago, so I wonder if the statute of limitations will allow me to actually say it, but in the spirit of things, and because I'm so scared that somebody will come for me legally, I (laughs) will refrain from mentioning this person's name, but I've actually had sex with a celebrity. A big one, actually, and one that you might be surprised to hear. In fact, in my close, tight-knit circle of friends, there are actually a couple of friends that don't even believe that this story actually happened. But you guys, I'm here to tell you it happened. I'll never forget it as long as I fucking live. I woke up in a fucking coke-drenched and alcohol-induced drunken stupor the next morning grabbed my phone and realized I was fucking 25 minutes late for work. And as I scattered all of my shit and got dressed really quick in that presidential suite that day and looked over at said celebrity and watched him continue to snore through his slumber, I frantically grabbed all my shit, got dressed, got everything that I thought that I needed and walked out that hotel suite door only to be stopped by a bunch of people who looked like the Secret Service and handed me a form of papers to fill out and very bluntly explained that I had to sign this waiver saying that I wouldn't sell my story, tell my story, or say any of the things that actually happened within that suite the night before. 
And I was so fucking intimidated in this time frame that I just signed my life away. And even to this very day, I am legally not allowed to tell you that I had sex with. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, I'm going to have to fucking bleep that shit out. But at any rate, just yeah, once again, it is one of the greatest moments of my life and one that I wish that I could publicly brag about. So sit back, relax. Put on that condom or pop your prep pill and let's explore the entire notion of what it means to be a D-list celebrity. You are now listening to My Gay Expose podcast a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host, popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that actually is just a little bit too messy publicly to be considered any sort of famous any sort of celebrity or even recognized at all whatsoever, My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's expose, we talk about that entire notion of what it means to be considered that D-list celebrity or be in that category of that D-list celebrity status. We'll talk about that constant quest that I've always been on my entire life, even since I was just a little boy to be famous, to be acknowledged, to get any sort of attention, really, or just be a celebrity one day. We'll talk about how I've met all of these different random celebrities in San Francisco and how all of that went down. And then I'll ask you this week in the Your Gay Expose segment, like, what is your biggest claim to fame and why? And so we'll collect some of those answers this week. But before we actually walk on stage and accept our Oscar and begin to give our speech, thanking all the people who made it possible, only to find that you're actually just looking in the mirror after a shower, holding your hairbrush. First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's Re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, you asked me and I felt I somehow needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, ugh. Fuck, God, what the fuck was I even trying to say there? What a goddamn 
mess. That definitely merits a re-expose. Holy shit, you guys. I am so fucking excited. And I just really don't even know where to begin. But I have to say, something fucking happened. Two weeks ago, I released an episode entitled Cheater, Cheater, Big Cock Eater. A full-blown expose on really just my tell-all on how I've personally cheated on two specific relationships from my past. And really the focus of the expose was just talking about uh, how common I think cheating is in today's gay society. A little bit more so than I think that many of us are really willing to even admit out loud. But you guys, something fucking happened. I I don't really even know what's going on, but the numbers just fucking shot through the roof. And even last week's expose, the don't judge a cock by its foreskin, where we just really talked about any and all things dick. It's just almost the same fucking dynamic. So here's what I feel happened. Because basically, I've just literally for the last year, I've been coasting on around the same average overall numbers pretty consistently. I mean, the show has been getting a lot of attention from outside sources. But really, I mean, I I just, the last two weeks have really just fucking blown my mind. You guys, I've literally gone from an average, from like anywhere from 200 to about, you know, five to 600 listens a week per episode to like the last two weeks have not only far surpassed those numbers, but have shot into like thousands, thousands of fucking listens per episode is now my overall new average for the show. I just don't know what the fuck happened because honestly, the numbers are really sort of dictating like a triple in listenership based on my past consistent average. What that just means is this show is just taking off into some new uncharted territory. I'm so terrified, so fucking excited and just so thankful and grateful for you, the listeners, for being, for just being the very best part of my Gay Expose podcast. And I'm so, honestly, I just want to know, like, what the fuck happened? Like, listen, I get, you know, me talking about myself cheating and openly admitting that and why and what happened and what created that moment and how I felt after and all of it probably is shit that you want to hear about. And I totally fully understand why that episode would perform well. But like to perform in the way that it's performing almost triple in the consistency of what it once was, I just don't have words. I don't have the fucking words to express how grateful and thankful I am. You guys, to a place where for the past like two years, the top 10 performing episodes have been episodes that have been out for over at least a year and a half. So in other words, they're ones that have been around long enough to really just accrue the listenership because they've been around for so long and new brand new fucking episodes that I'm just now debuting are just blowing those numbers out of the fucking water by the thousands, you guys. Just crazy and unreal. 
real. Like as we sit here in this moment, Cheater Cheater Big Cock Eater is currently the second highest performing expose. And by the time this episode actually airs, it probably will surpass the number one slot and be in that number one slot moving forward in the history of the show, which is super fucking exciting. And even the don't judge a dick by its foreskin last week's expose that one just just took over the fourth highest listened to slot on the top 10 list so i'm just it just blows my mind and i you know i that's it i just i am so excited for what is to come with this show moving forward and clearly i have had my fucking light switch moment and we'll just have to see what happens next but speaking of don't judge a cock by its foreskin in the expose last week, I wanted to clarify one thing where I talked about those statistics that I brought up about, you know, those, it was like a worldwide statistical analysis that was done a few years back where it pretty much said that the overall flaccid dick size worldwide average is 3.6 inches. The overall erect penis size worldwide average is 5.2 inches. And only 9% of the entire male population has over a seven inch dick. My, when I expressed that I was kind of shocked by those numbers, let me explain a little bit more because when I re-listened through, I realized that I didn't like explain myself. I was shocked that a flaccid dick is only 3.6 inches on average. I was shocked that an erect penis was only 5.2 inches on average. And I am very shocked that 9% of the entire world worldwide population is seven inches or more. Because in my personal like history or the average dick size that I've witnessed in my personal life, I would say that my average is about seven, like flaccid and fully erect, like eight. Like that is much more of a norm for me, like six and a half, seven inches. Like I just, I just, and I I find it so fucking hard to believe that only 9% of the worldwide population is over seven inches. To me, seven inches is more of like the average norm. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? What's your overall dick size average that you've experienced in your life or, you know, that you've had shoved in your mouth or into the back uh, of your throat? So I just wanted to clarify because I felt like when I was talking about those statistics and I was expressing my shock in the actual overall numbers and size in regards to the average, that they're far smaller than anything that I've ever witnessed on a regular and consistent basis in my life. And really all that means is it probably just means that I am a complete and total raging slut. And that's okay. That's the entire dynamic of this show. (laughs) Maybe I should take a dick size survey and see what my results end up being. That's actually a pretty good idea for a show, come to think of it. But before we segue into the rest of this week's expose, I just... I know that I talk about the AIDS life cycle and how much of an incredible cause it is in this whole fucking world. And probably one of the most rewarding and fulfilling organizations that I've had the honor to be a part of and work with. But I kind of want 
wanted to, I think, instead of just sitting here and pleading with you and telling you all the reasons why you should donate to my AIDS life cycle journey, which you totally should, links in all my bios, links on all of my socials, links in every website. And pretty much if you Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. This week, I kind of just wanted to give you just a brief little like few reasons. And I think on this segment moving forward, I'll probably just continue to give you reason after reason after reason why this organization is so fucking incredible. And this week, I want to talk about the actual idea of it being a topic of conversation that the rest of the country just doesn't want to have or refuses to have. HIV, AIDS, education, STDs, sexual health, all of it. The rest of the country wants to ignore it because in their mind, HIV and AIDS is considered to be a gay thing. And they don't need to be bothered with it because according to them, all of those statistics out there say that only 10% of the American population, for example, considers themselves to be a member of the LGBTQ plus community. And so they just politically don't give a shit about us for the most part because A, we don't or we go against like all of their fucking ridiculous ass religious beliefs and B, they don't want to be bothered with any of it because they don't feel like it's a significant amount of people that would impact their personal political agenda, which is why I want to be such a big voice and advocate for the HIV AIDS cause in this world. I have such a fucking fire under my ass to be the person who speaks up for that one thing that nobody fucking wants to talk about. And that is why you should donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. All of the proceeds go to this incredible fucking organization that just provides all the necessary resources to provide any individual with their next steps. Once diagnosed with the HIV virus or even just getting prep pill prescriptions to prohibit infection. It's such an important dynamic in our society, you guys. So please, please donate, donate, donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a Grammy-nominated themed undertone. First, let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners. What is your biggest claim to fame ever and why? So let's get some of those responses now. Michael says, I once met George W. Bush way back when he was the president of the United States. <laughs> Girl, that is information that I honestly would just keep to myself. <laughs> You says, knowing you, with a bunch of fucking sarcastic emojis. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. 
brother Ryan says as follows. A bully called me out in front of everybody during P.E. when I was in middle school. I was so worried about it the whole day, but you know how it is with toxic masculinity and all. I just had to show up. I beat the fuck out of him in front of everybody, and I literally went from one friend to like so many after that. It was like the only time that I had ever had any sort of popularity. <laughs> oh my God, this is so my fucking brother. You don't even know. And by the way, just for the record, folks, my gay expose podcast does not endorse or promote any sort of violence, but I would literally give anything to see this take place, knowing who my brother is. <laughs> David says, I created a GIF years ago that went viral, but I haven't really been able to follow up with anything any better ever since. I would really love to know what this gift was, but that's the only information that this person left. <laughs> Sergio says, my bloodline includes Lucille Ball. Keenan says, my uncle dated the girl who's on the progressive commercials. I think her name is Flo. <laughs> Abraham says, Ah, oh, geez. Sorry to be boring, but I don't have one. You know, <laughs> this is actually one of my closest friends. And truth be told, I must say, some of his most epic stories, honestly, that really is just his claim to fame. He is probably one of the most interesting individuals that I have ever met in my life. And it's probably why we're fucking friends. So that's it. I just created that moment for you without saying anything that you would get pissed off at me for saying. <laughs> Sam says, once I met Shangela in an after show meet and greet. <laughs> Kenneth says, I had to think about your question for a minute. And then I realized that I really don't have a claim to fame. The only thing I can think of is that I met my local mayor once years ago. Paul says, back in the early 2000s, I was in a boy band that was promised by the producers that, that we were going to be the next Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, but clearly didn't go anywhere. Michael number two says, once I was in the audience at the Wendy Williams show. San Diego Rob says as follows. My ass. <laughs> Robert says, my 10-year-old modeling career. Kyle says, once I sat next to Senator Scott Wiener at a restaurant and we made casual conversation for a few moments. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have in the city of San Francisco a senator who's actually openly gay and his last name is actually Wiener. That's, you didn't hear that wrong. That's actually a thing. Michael number three says, hanging out with Evie Oddly one night in a club in Atlanta or modeling in department store fashion shows when I was a little kid. Dorinda says, being your best, busy. <laughs> oh, it's cute. This is my best friend. But I will say this. 
if I'm your biggest claim to fame, then you definitely have no claim to fame at all whatsoever. <laughs> Steven says, my claim to fame is that I actually auditioned for America's Got Talent. And I, this answer I actually retrieved from Instagram. I, I didn't really know this person at all. I kind of looked over their profile to see if they actually maybe potentially went anywhere from this experience with auditioning for America's Got Talent. But based on the feed of the Instagram postings, I don't really feel like it went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, but that actually kind of reminded me, and I didn't really mention this in the main part of this week's expose, but I actually, a little known fact is I auditioned for American Idol season two. I like picked up my life, drove down to Pasadena, California, where they were holding the auditions. I slept in line outside overnight with a close friend of mine who just came along for the journey. It was a really kind of interesting experience, I have to say. But as you may or may not have already guessed, I didn't make it very far either. So there's that. American Idol, that's, again, something I don't really expose at parties. Kevin says... <laughs> oh my God. Kevin says as follows... One time, I had sex with the quarterback on the football team in high school. <laughs> oh my god, I can't with her. I, can't, I just... <laughs> and as usual, all of these answers are just one big giant clusterfuck. Really just all over the place. And if I'm to answer my very own question this week, I honestly have to say... My biggest claim to fame is the very opening story of the celebrity that I had sex with that I can't reveal to you at all whatsoever. You guys, I'm not good at keeping a secret. Anyone who knows me or who is close to me knows that I am the worst at keeping a fucking secret, especially an exciting one like this that I've literally been so fucking tight-lipped about for almost like fucking 11 years now. Like only my closest, closest, closest friends know who this person is. And they've all sworn this information to their grave. So <laughs> if any of this shit leaks out, I know exactly who to go to. But at any rate, if you didn't get your answer read this week, don't worry. Just continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And now, let's get my gay expose, and you'll find out exactly what I mean when I say that I'm a D-list celebrity. guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. 
It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. Once upon a time, long, long ago, there was a little gay boy named Ronnie Washburn who would regularly go into his mom's room and put on her high heels and put a towel over his head and grab a hairbrush, turn the radio on. And whatever music was playing in that moment, he would make up his own choreography and use that hairbrush as a microphone and just put on a full-on performance. And in his mind, he was on stage in front of millions of fans, screaming and shouting praise and adoration his way and just worshiping the ground he walked on. Yeah, it was very that. That was my childhood dream, was to become one day a big, huge, famous pop star. And while that didn't happen, (laughs) I definitely like kind of pursued it for a hot minute while I was in school. I went to all of the, like, voice lessons and, like, music-related classes. I was in church choir and all of the ensemble groups. I had multiple solos. I mean, you fucking name it if it was music-related. I was involved, and I was doing it. But, you know, I have to say, because I was so fucking gay and so fucking feminine while I was in school and while I was a kid... And while I was teased and picked on and just bullied mercilessly for being gay, it really took its toll on my self-confidence. So that music career that I dreamed of, it just wasn't something that I would ever think that I could possibly pursue. Because, like, let's just face it, all of that bullying throughout my entire life for being feminine really just made me believe in my mind that there was no fucking way I could ever be a famous singer or famous anything because I was just too gay. And there was just no fucking way that I could ever, ever be any sort of famous celebrity. And you know, I think that my therapist would probably honestly say that it is because of this mind-crippling mindset. All of these insecurities that I grew up with just not believing in myself and thinking that I can never be like everybody else that I watched on TV or I heard on the radio or any of it because I was just fucking way too feminine. And I just doubted myself and spent most of my younger life just not ever thinking that I would amount to anything. And now here I sit in this current moment, ranked number 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all fucking time. You guys, I am so fucking proud of that. Like you would not believe. And listen, I get that I am by no means any sort of a celebrity. And you know, maybe one day I will be. And maybe one day I won't be. Who fucking knows? But now I am just like fully confident in the mindset that I don't give two flying fucks about any of that shit 
from my past. I'm going to do exactly what it is that I'm doing that allows me to create a moment where I am ranked 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. That is what I am to this very fucking day. And it only is going to go up from here. And I'm going to be honest with you. Two weeks ago, I published an episode entitled Cheater, Cheater, Big Cock Eater, in which I exposed my like tell-all story about how I've actually cheated on relationships in my past. And I don't know what the fuck happened, you guys. Light switch fucking moment. Honestly, I think it's because you guys all love the shady shit <laughs> or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's the drama, all of it. I, I-, I don't know. But that episode is breaking records literally in this current moment as I sit here recording the second highest listened to episode ever in numbers that I've ever published on this show. And I've been doing this shit for like two and a half years. And the episodes that are in the top 10 are ones that have been around for like long lengths of time, like in that two and a half year period time frame. Like, so the idea that this episode that I literally published like within that same fucking week going into that number two slot. And by the time this episode exposes, it'll probably be number one. But that's the next level shit that I'm currently experiencing on this show. And I really, things are just, I'm getting a lot more emails that I have to pay more attention to. And I'm getting like just so much more attention. My, my DMs are full. I need a fucking assistant and I still can't afford to pay for one. But at the end of all of it, I am in no way, shape, or form a celebrity. And I like, maybe I will be one day. And maybe I won't be one day. But at any rate, I'm really excited that this show is taking me into a place where I am getting that attention that I never thought I'd get. As that little feminine gay boy back when I was being bullied and just didn't have the fucking confidence to do anything remotely close to a My Gay Expose podcast. And now I'm sitting here ranked number 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. All it means, you guys, is that anybody can be anything they want, anytime, at any point in their life. So just fucking believe in your shit. And one day, maybe you'll go from D-list celebrity like I am sitting here in this current moment to an A-list celebrity. You never know. (laughs) But what exactly do I mean by D-list celebrity? I mean, let's just be real. We've all seen those A-list celebrity moments, like all the paparazzi stories, the TMZ stories, the red carpet events, like concerts, movies, you name it, they're all over the fucking place. But D-list celebrity to me is basically kind of what I would consider myself in this moment. It's definitely not a fucking celebrity by any means, but it's enough to get the attention that I'm currently getting in this moment. And it's really kind of crazy too, because I'm starting to get recognized out and about in the city. I actually had a man come into the restaurant that I'm currently working at And he just like sat down at the counter, looked at me and basically was like, hey, I know you. I actually listened to your show. I gave it a go. And then he just stopped talking. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, oh, uh, okay, awesome. And then kind of waited for him to say something after that. 
And then he didn't say anything after that. And then I was like, fuck, did he hate it? Did he not? Like, what? Oh, my God. It was, like, literally one of the most awkward, like, show moments I've ever had in my life. But, like, in another note, like, a couple weeks ago, I was running. And, you know, I've kind of hurt my ankle recently a little bit. I mean, it's getting better. But I had to kind of take it down a couple of rungs. I'd been running these, like, fucking crazy ass, like, 11, 12, 13-mile days each day. And I was so fucking proud of myself for getting to that level. But... My ankle was starting to bother me, so I, like, started cutting back to, like, about seven miles-ish, give or take. So instead of running my full-on all the way down to Embarcadero and back on Market Street situation that I had been doing from the past, lately I've been taking a different route and just running around, like, Dolores Park and sort of, like, segueing into some of the, like, intermission parts of the area into the Castro, etc., And one day I was running and I stopped at a stoplight and I saw these two gay boys that were kind of across the way and I had my headphones in. So I, all I was hearing in that moment was like whatever podcast I was listening to at that moment. And I looked over and they were like waving at me and smiling. And I like, I think they were trying to get my attention. I was kind of like, what the fuck's going on right now? I don't know these guys. I've never seen either one of them before. Like, honestly, like, my mind instantly went to, like, fuck, did I, like, fuck them? Like, was it a grinder hookup that I was so blacked out that I couldn't remember? Because <laughs> that's, that's definitely happened to me in the past before, for sure. Like, I know you've all been there, too. But at any rate, they came across the street because I was still ra- waiting for the red light on the other side. And they were like, hey, are you Ronnie Washburn? And my instinct was like, no. <laughs> Why? What do you know? Do I owe you anything? Like, what? Like, what's going on here? And it turns out that they were just fans of the show. It was really cute. We had a fun little conversation. They asked me if they could take a photo of me so they could post me on Instagram. They said they would tag me, and I still have yet to see that. So uh, I don't even think it happened. So they probably just forgot because that's how big of a celebrity I am. <laughs> forgot to fucking post it but it was really cute it was like kind of the first moment that I actually had like that out and about in the city spotting from a fan but I don't really consider myself to be any sort of a celebrity what is a fucking celebrity I myself have had encounters with several different celebrities and living in San Francisco you know they come to San Francisco often So when I first moved to the city, I actually worked in the Rotunda at Neiman Marcus. So the Rotunda at Neiman Marcus is the restaurant that's in the Neiman Marcus Shopping Center in the downtown area. And it's very well known in the city because it's fucking beautiful and gorgeous and has a beautiful view of the city. And so celebrities are just like they all go there. Like anytime they come to the city, that's one of their destinations to dine for lunch. So basically I've seen... Lisa Vanderpump, once she came in, like kind of towards the tail end of my shift, I've seen so many of the different real housewives. Actually, there was one moment where one of the housewives came in on a super fucking busy weekend day. My coworker was like, hey, that's, you know, so-and-so from Real Housewives, the OC. And I went and I like did a walk by because I wanted to see. And I was like, I don't even fucking know who that bitch is. Like I've never seen... You know, we get a lot of the girls that, like, come on for one season and then don't, like, continue. So, like, like the the forgettable girls, basically. Like, we get, they come in all the fucking time. So, we get a bunch of those. We, 
we, one time Josh Groban came in and he was sitting in the little bench that was across from the host stand. I like worked the front door. So we checked people in for their reservations, etc. So one day Josh Groban came in and yeah, I know Josh Groban. Like, I don't even, I barely know who he is. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what any one of his songs were. But he was sitting across the bench waiting, I think, for the rest of his party to show up to be sat. And my coworker, because he was sitting right in front of us, just like texted me. And she was like, hey, is that Josh Groban? And I looked at him and I was like, I have no fucking clue because I barely know who Josh Groban even is. So I Googled him and sure enough, it was Josh Groban. I remember one day I took a phone reservation and it was this woman making a reservation under an assumed name. And then at the end of it, she basically dropped that it was for Kat Von D. I love fucking Kat Von D. I am so obsessed with her. I loved her show back in the day. I love her. I follow her on social media. She is like, I'm a big fan. So when I got that little, I think that they kind of dropped that it was for her at the very tail end because a lot of these celebrities use assumed names so that they don't get that unwanted attention, but also they want a good table. So basically it was like, hint, hint, hook us up kind of a situation Because in the rotunda, there's, like, really desirable areas to sit where there's, like, it outlooks the entire Union Square view, and it's gorgeous. And then there's tables that are up, like, in the corner by the, like, fucking bathrooms. So I think they were just subtly implying that they wanted a good table. And I'll never forget the day that she came in. I told my coworkers, I'm like, I'm seating her. I'm doing it. I love her. And you guys, I was a fucking nervous wreck when she came in. I said, hello. She was super sweet. She complimented my hair. It was like one of my greatest celebrity encounters of all time. Another time I was actually doing this weird like catering thing. My friend turned me on to this like catering company that they did like these big huge events. And you could sign up to be like a like a cocktail server or a bartender. So I needed some extra money at the time. It was around the holiday season. So I signed up for it. And it turned out it was, like, a big, huge event for some, like, big, giant company that was having, like, their company Christmas party. And they just so happened to have a surprise performance by John Legend. But randomly what happened was the little bar area that I was working, it was right next to the fucking piano. So John Legend literally performed in a huge surprise moment, like, right next to me. And I was just, like, fucking starstruck the whole goddamn time. I waited on Danielle Steele. I waited on that Indian guy from Lost. You know who I'm talking about, right? The Indian guy from... Like, I don't even know his name. And I, to be honest with you, don't care enough to even, like, go through the motions of, like, looking up who he is to say his name. But I definitely recognized him. And it took me a minute to realize who he was. But yeah, there was that. Then there was this one time where... And this is how gay I am, you guys. Like, so we're in this rotunda restaurant moment where in the holiday season, it was the most popular spot of all time. Like December reservation sold out in like July because it was the most coveted, you know, holiday season place to go have your little Christmas lunch or whatever. So it literally, it was impossible to get a table if you just randomly walked in, especially on the weekends in December. So one day, We were so fucking overbooked and just crazy busy that our managers walked by and told us to stop taking walk-ins and it was reservation only. 
So we, we all had our little spiels all ready to go. Like we're not taking, you know, any walk-ins. I'm so sorry. We're just reservation only, dot, 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 whatever. So one day, Barry Bonds, of all people, walk in with his beautiful, gorgeous wife. And he comes up and he's like, hey, I want to get a table by the window. And I was like, oh, you know, I did my little spiel. I'm so sorry, sir. We're just fully booked today. We're only taking reservations. We're not taking walk-ins at this time. I'm so sorry. Because I had no fucking clue who he was. Because I don't watch baseball. Even Barry Bonds, arguably one of the most famous baseball players of all time. I still had no fucking clue who he was. And he just kind of looked at me with a blank stare and was like, are you kidding me? Like, that was the look that was written all over his face. And I was like, yeah, so- sorry, we're not taking anyone. I apologize. Who- who's next? Who's next to check in? You know, whatever. So my coworker, like, kind of saw this interaction taking place and can see that I was like trying to turn him away. So he walked up to me and grabbed my arm. And because it's Neiman Marcus, a fucking like business basically bends over backwards for any celebrity, anytime, all the time, regardless. So my coworker grabbed my arm and was like, Ronnie, I need to show you something over here. And like took me away from the situation and whispered in my ear, oh my God, Ronnie, that's fucking Barry Bonds. And I was like, who? <laughs> I had no fucking clue who he was. So yeah, I basically was that gay guy that told Barry Bonds he couldn't have a table. And they ended up, of course, giving him the best fucking table in the house, like all of it. So yeah, so those are really just the few celebrity run-ins that I've had in San Francisco at this, you know, current moment. So that being said, back to this D-list celebrity status that I call it, the, the idea of... You might be recognized sometimes by people in certain circumstances or situations, but overall, nobody has any idea who you are or what you are for a very very good reason, because you've really done nothing that would merit anybody recognizing you or knowing who you are, because you're not a fucking celebrity. That's me. (laughs) But I do, you know, every once in a while get that weird look like somebody knows who I am, and I know they're staring at me. And it might be because of the show, but then nothing ever comes of it, and it is what it is. But before COVID, in my gay walk of shame era, I was starting to actually get recognized for my gay walk of shame blogs. And this is actually a really big part of the reason why gay walk of shame as a blog is no more. Because I was writing my Chlamydia Bradshaw like moments of sexually explicit material, all of my gay walk of shame stories, all of those moments were all being documented in blog form. And it was getting a lot of local attention. It was getting a lot of the Castro-specific communities notice. So one day, I actually got the type of attention that I didn't want, the crazy kind, the kind that scared me a little bit, actually. So this guy initially hit me up on Grindr. Now, it was a discreet profile. He just had like his arm in the actual profile. He said that he was bi and had a girlfriend, but he was curious and he wanted to explore sex with men. So, you know, after, you know, initially going back and forth with him for a little bit, he seemed a little cuckoo and I kind of was turned off because he seemed a little, like he had like this obsessive need to keep the conversation going and he wanted to hook up and all of this shit was going on but I was like so busy in this time frame that I really couldn't make time for him 
So fast forward to me ending up having to block him on Grinder because it kind of got that crazy. And then him catching wind of the idea that I had the blog because I had my blog published all over my Grinder profile. He went as far as to start making comments on the website itself, the Gay Walk of Shame website. He was making comments on blog posts. He was sending me private emails from the Gay Walk of Shame website because I had a Squarespace account for that webpage. And there was an area where you could actually send me an email that was linked to the actual website itself. He started sending me emails and there was like no way for me to like kind of block that. Oh my, he got kind of crazy. So then one day I got a message from him and he basically said that he saw me out and about town and he stated specific coordinates in the city. And I begin to realize that this shit was getting a little, the call is coming from inside the house. Like very, very much that stalker moment. And I realized that maybe it was getting a little too crazy. And ultimately when I did end up like completely closing off and like just deleting the entire like Gay Walk of Shame website itself. That was one of the big reasons why, because this guy would just not fucking leave me alone. Like it was literally like restraining order type shit. And thankfully all of that's followed by the wayside. Thanks mostly in part to COVID, I think. I think that whole Gay Walk of Shame era, everyone in the city's forgotten about all of that because so much shit has happened since then. And since it's no longer in existence and it doesn't, it's not a thing anymore. All of my reputation of being one of the biggest Castro sluts in that 2017 through 2021 time frame are like, is it's just nothing but a fond and distant memory. And so I have a fresh start. I have a new moment where I'm now like being recognized for this very show, the My Gay Expose podcast D-list celebrity status that isn't quite as like crazy as the all the sexually explicit bullshit, but you know, it really just, at the end of all of it, I just don't really know where the show's going. But I will say this. I went out, like, this last weekend. It was the Castro Street Fair. And I haven't been to this specific fair in a couple of years because they haven't really been doing it since the COVID time frame. And, I, I mean, a friend and I, we we went out. We went out to the bars. Like, I'm not really much for going out, like, clubbing as I, you know, once did back in my, like, gay walk of shame era. But, you know, I'm, I'm much more in a moment where I'm just so focused on all of my projects and work. And, you know, whenever I do go out and socialize, it's more of a, like, let's catch up over dinner and then maybe drinks after at a casual bar versus going out to the fucking Latin night at Bo with all the fucking go-go boys and shit. It's like, I, I just... I'll go every once in a while, but I definitely don't partake as much as I used to. But I did go out this specific day and I looked around and realized that once upon a time, I used to be able to go out and know so many fucking people from that gay walk of shame era. And now, now I look around and I don't fucking know anyone. And I actually, truth be told, I love it. I feel like it's a new start for me. It's like a new way to sort of maneuver through like, you know, San Francisco city living and gay life here. And now I'm ready to just be 
Ronnie Washburn from My Gay Expose podcast and just create a different reputation than the one that I did before. But even though I've had, you know, a couple of situations where I've rubbed elbows with specific celebrities here and there, and it's ever so casual, and truth be told, I did have sex with a very famous celebrity, and I can't talk about it, and I wish so fucking bad that I could. But at any rate, that is my claim to fame. My claim to fame is really just being myself and just doing my own thing and not worrying about the fame anymore and just worrying more about who I am, what I'm creating, and just focusing more on wanting to be a D-list celebrity status type individual as opposed to actually doing whatever it takes, just like those crazy Insta-famous type people, to be that next big thing. I would rather be authentically me as a D-list celebrity than like unauthentically me just to get the fame, the fortune, and for what? Like I always say, my first book will either be a New York Times bestseller or it'll just be like that $1 clearance item in the little bin at Walmart. (laughs) And either way, I will be perfectly happy. Being that D-list celebrity. So what have we learned today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bottoms? gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender. And questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. Well, at any rate, we learned what it means to be a D-list celebrity. Uh, According to me, a D-list celebrity is really just defined as somebody who is going somewhere, maybe, but may not fully make it to that somewhere, Maybe one or two people know who they are for what they do, but really it's just truly being your one true authentic self and not taking yourself too seriously and not selling out to get to that A-list celebrity status and really just going with what you feel is right for you. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other fucking way. And honestly, I want to know from you, the listeners, what is like your biggest moment that you brag about on a regular basis. What is your claim to fame? Call in the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline and tell me all about it at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me what celebrities you've met in your life and where. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the latest piece to the My Gay Expose podcast puzzle. 
the official website at mygayexposepodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will pretend not to know you when you try to get my attention with you next time. Expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.